Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Turning our attention to pet questions, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood uh, Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And How are you doing? I'm very well. And we have questions in for you. Let me get straight into them. Hi, Patricia. Question for Jane. I have a pup, nine weeks old. I was just a wee one. I've done everything, done the warming, the fleas and all of that. Is there anything else that he could pass on to humans? Because I have him around very small children. I'm just worried because obviously children love playing with a little pup. Can pups pass things on to children? They can, to a certain extent. And I think it's really, really responsible to think about this, particularly knowing that there's kids around. So I think it sounds like we've probably covered all the bases here. So we've done flea and worming treatments. I assume that this little puppy will have at least had a first vaccination. So puppies, when they're quite young, from about eight weeks of age, depending on the vaccine, they need to have two vaccinations a number of weeks apart. Now that that depends on the brand of the vaccine, the exact interval, but that protects them against lots of really dangerous diseases for them, like parvo, hepatitis, lepto. But it's really important that particularly for human health, that all of our dogs and cats are vaccinated, uh, or that all of our dogs are vaccinated for leptospirosis, because that is something that can pass from dog to human. So that's a really quite nasty disease, which they could pick up usually out and about um, in rural areas, but it can happen anywhere. It's something that's spread by wild creatures, generally rats, um, through waterways. So let's say hot spots for Lepto would be rural Ireland, particularly around us. We see little flare-ups of it every now and again, and it's very sad because it's something that's incredibly preventable with an annual vaccination um, and usually doesn't end well for the, the little dog involved. Now, the main danger... To human health is that if we were around a dog that had lepto um, that wasn't vaccinated and managed to catch lepto, we can actually catch leptospirosis. And again, with us, it, it affects um, kidney, liver, um, and it's passed in, in urine uh, and feces, essentially. So it's really important for, for everybody, not just the children's point of view, to make sure that your dogs are vaccinated um, annually and that it includes leptospirosis. And that's included in all core kind of annual vaccines that we would give dogs in this country. Now, the other really important thing if there's kids around is make sure you keep bang up to date with your worming protocol. Now, there are worms um, that dogs can get that they can be passed in, in, let's say, contact with the dog or contact with its feces to humans. And particularly small children is the thing we would worry about. Now, most people say to me, sure, they're not going to go and eat their poo. But it's <laughs> 
not as simple as that. So generally, if you imagine a dog or a cat, they'll sometimes lick their bottom, which means that, let's say, what may have been on their bottom, it will certainly be on their face. And then if that little face licks your face, yeah. you're kind of directly in contact. And even even on their coat, there's always the possibility that they may have warm eggs if they did have a warm infestation. So it's really important um, to pick up any poos that might be out in the garden, pick up any poos when you're out walking, walking about, but also to make sure they're up to date with their worming. So in a puppy, wormers will generally be required every two weeks until they're 12 weeks of age, every month until they're six months of age, and thereafter for the rest of their life, every three months. That will be a standard, standard kind and of And keep on top of that and you won't have keep a problem. On top yeah. Of it. Exactly. Yeah. Keep on top of it and make sure. And lots of veterinary practices will run reminder systems. So if you're not already on a text reminder system, ask your local practice if they do that. And, and you know, I know we are here. We we operate a text reminder system where we'll send you a yeah, text every three months. Yeah, because you, know, yeah, you, you, you forget. But, and, and it's very hard to keep small children away from a little yeah. pup. Everybody loves yeah. to be around a little pup. Oh, in, so in, enjoy the pup as well. Uh, hi, Jane. I had my dog at the vet a week ago. She's been diagnosed with a tumour. My poor baby. I've noticed it's weak and it's starting to smell quite badly. Could you explain why this would be? Mm. Uh. Okay, so that, that's really sad news. Um, my heart goes out to you. They're part of the family in the end of the day and we never want to see anything bad or uncomfortable happen to them. It really depends on what type of tumour it is. So if you've been to the vet, it may be possible that they may have suggested doing some diagnostic tests to, to see exactly what kind of a, a tumour it is and, and if there is anything that can be done. With some tumours, there are some courses of action that can be taken, for example, surgery or chemotherapy. And in some other cases, that may not necessarily be appropriate. But your own vet is the best person to, to speak to about that side of it because they'll be clued into all of the facts. As regards the weeping and the smelling, some type of tumours in various parts of the body, if they're, if they're quite close to the skin or part of the skin, sometimes they can begin to, let's say, erode through the normal skin surface and that can become infected then. So any kind of raw flesh is, is a right, lovely, warm place for bacteria to grow. So that's sometimes why things can begin to weep and smell if they become infected as, as a secondary issue. I think from a comfort point of view, if it's beginning to weep and smell, regardless of kind of let's say the, the treatment plan or the, the comfort plan for your for your little dog it's important to just flag with your vet that you've noticed that this has changed that it's it's, it's weeping a little bit smelling a little bit because they may need to take action to, to avoid let's say infection setting in and, and to keep your pet really really comfortable um, but I, I think best wishes on that front I really hope yeah, everything goes tough. well but chat, tough. chat to your vet yeah, Hi really, really um, Hi Jane, a uh, question for you please. My cat has a polyp in his ear with a large lump behind his ear and throat. They actually now seem to be getting bigger. I did have them at the vet, but the vet said they couldn't be removed as they'll only grow back. Any advice please? Mm. Polyps are, are really, really challenging. So polyps are almost like a little kind of benign mass that grows on a stalk. It's almost like a stalk of cauliflower. Do you know what I mean? They're quite tough, rubbery things. And unfortunately, some cats can become very, very unlucky and have these grow down into their ears. And if you'd imagine, it's taking up space in the ears. So a lot of, let's say, the wax can't move to the top as it normally would. And it becomes quite a moist, hot place down that ear. So a lot of the time, little cats with polyps in their ear will have secondary infections of their ear. And these are really difficult to manage sometimes. What I would say is that some things are polyps, so they're benign and they're just getting in the way. Sometimes they can removed, be removed, sometimes they can't. However, it is important just to have in the back of our mind that there are other things that can look similar to polyps. 
So sometimes, let's say, a, a, a tumour or a mass can look very similar. Now, that's uncommon enough, but it, it's always possible. Um, I think if there's lumps appearing behind the ear, it, it's time to just have a chat to your vet, vet again and say, well, you know, this, you've noticed that this lump or swelling has occurred behind the ear now and that's going to be causing a problem for your little cat. So I think from what you're saying, it's a really difficult situation to manage, particularly if your vet feels that they're they're not, let's say, viable polyps to remove. Um, but I do think it's it's time to flag with them that you've noticed something changed, so you've noticed that swelling behind the ear, because that may that may need to change um, what your what your vet assesses the situation as. But it's really important to keep them keep them abreast of any updates or any yeah, changes. Yeah, and, ta- and take and another look. And you you yeah. you're working similar to doctors in that I assume you'll triage over a phone, but then when you need to see an animal, you can bring them into the surgery. Is that how you're operating? Mm, nah. As an essential service, I think there's a little bit of a variety depending on kind of the operational capacity of vets around at the moment. As an essential service, we're continuing to see pets at this moment in time, but we can't do, let's say, any of the extras that we would normally do, for example, grooming or anything like that, unless it's causing a welfare issue. So we're just trying to operate as COVID safe as we can and keep everyone safe, including our lovely team here, because as an essential service, we need to be up and running so that if an accident does happen to a pet, that we're there to help out. Yeah, and of course, it's hard to it's hard to triage a pet over the phone, isn't it? You really need to see an animal. It is really, really hard. So a lot of the time, we we, will have to see the pet in to to assess further. Um, But certainly, if if anybody anywhere in the country is kind of worried about their pet, um, it's best to give your vet a call and and see if they're in a position to see appointments. But certainly, to get some advice initially. Okay, George has a little three-year-old terrier who's ended up very frightened after fireworks and bangers going off last week. Uh, any noise now and he runs and hides. Uh, George is wondering, will he get over it? It's even becoming a problem when they go out for a walk. He is terrified now of any loud noises. Yeah, this is a really difficult one. We see a big flare-up and kind of behavioural issues after the fireworks happen. And I suppose heading into the Christmas New Year season, it only gets worse. Um, I would say it'll probably settle eventually. The important thing is to try and have a strategy to avoid this happening year on year, essentially. So some things you can do are, let's say, desensitization to a certain point. There's actually playlists on YouTube and Spotify that are kind of like uh, firework playlists. So they're just ambient noise to have on in the background. So sometimes if you're a dog or cat, you get used to these noises at progressively kind of higher volumes. Uh, when they're having a normal day and, and you're acting very normally and there's no stress and they're nice and secure in the house, that's a way of desensitizing them to a certain degree to these noises. Now, what I would say is this is not the time to do this with this little dog if they're already quite jumpy with noises. I would wait until everything calms down. But I think a long-term plan just to reduce the stress and to reduce the anxiety surrounding these kind of noises and bangers for that little dog would be a good idea. But have a chat to your vet. There are some strategies that you can use as regards, let's say, uh, hormone diffusers like Adaptil or there's plenty of other ones on the market which just, um, they kind of send out happy hormones um, similar to what the kind of pheromones that would have been excreted when that little pup was with its mum once upon a time. Um, so it's kind of a safety net. So that can work really well for some dogs and it even comes in kind of colour format so it could be something that can help when they're out and about. Works for half of dogs, for the other half it doesn't seem to do very much. I'll put my hands up and say that. It's not a, a silver bullet for every problem. 
would have a chat to your vet. But he will get over it, will he? Do they generally speak? Yeah. 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 It's like ourselves if we get a big fright. It takes us a little bit of time sometimes, but but we'll get there. Yeah, and we've heard more people say that fireworks were worse this year. I don't know why, but they seem to be worse this year. Maybe it's to do with lockdown. Listen, we leave it there, Jane. Have a good week. We'll chat again next Thursday. Thanks a million. That's uh, Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmark. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.